0: Music. Music
1: Entertainment Forces
0: life The Forces Station This is
2: Team Talk. Team Talk Hello and welcome to Team Talk I'm Charlie And I'm Jill Wherever you are in the world and whatever life looks like right now If you need a pick-me-up, a virtual hug or a fresh perspective on pandemic life You've come to the right place It's a jam-packed show today when we touch base with
3: the BFBS Gurkha radio team to hear how their lockdown experience has been. Plus, a good
2: news story from a young cadet who's put all that time off school to good use. And we have some more family time, this time with 17-year-old Megan, who can't be stopped by a pandemic. Plus, an exclusive interview with Bluestone 4-2 actress Laura Aikman.
3: Like many of you, even we're separated from our friends, family and colleagues. From here on in, I'm coming to you from a very windy Falkland Islands, whilst Jill is beaming in from the UK. So here we go.
2: Now each week we kick off things by hearing an alternative take on the pandemic experience. This week we follow BFBS reporter Binod Kadka as he reflects on the experience of the Gurkha community around the world during this time. BFBS. BF.
3: Team This
2: is my
4: station. This is the Forces Station.
5: History is written with many voices, sought through many lenses, told from the many perspectives of the people who happen to be the first hand witnesses. A bit of information when archived later becomes what we call history. And it is for our future generations to understand what must have happened at that juncture in the past. What we are documenting here is a COVID-19 pandemic. It has managed to cross all the natural boundaries and obstacles crossed the mighty Himalayas and found its way to Nepal. I'm no historian, nor an archivist, but just a mere radio presenter working for the Gurkha families and their dependents scattered around the world to link with Nepal, their motherland. What you are about to hear is three snapshot accounts of experiences by our listeners of BABS Gurkha Radio in Brunei, UK and Nepal. First to Brunei, here is a first-hand account of a young Gurkha wife confined to a married quarter in Brunei who has just given a birth to a new baby. Bursa Chhetri's story is narrated by Lal Shahi.
6: Barsa Chetri, a Gurkha wife, looks happy and is cooking a meal for her family now. But the situation was not so good a couple of months ago. Her husband was stranded in UK on completion of a military course and she was on her own after the childbirth. The COVID-19 lockdown and strict measures put in place in Brunei and British forces Brunei garrison meant that she was literally confined to her quarter
1: For months. I was so lonely and helpless, as I had to take care of the newborn baby all by myself. I couldn't go out and meet my friends, as one household was not to mingle with the other. I used to cry a lot, and my self-esteem was at the lowest of the low.
6: Bursa is only an example of people in the community that were affected emotionally and physically by the COVID-19 situation. There were people who couldn’t go back home to Nepal even to attend death rights of their loved ones, as there were complete lockdown at both ends. Much had changed since, but the emotional and psychological effects will linger on for some time to come.
5: Moving now to the UK, the smooth and routine life of British and Gurkha families on their posting in Nepal came to a grinding halt due to the outbreak of virus. Sures caught up with Sazana Gurung, who is now in Larkhill, UK.
1: As the COVID-19 outbreak took the world by surprise, many bittersweet stories started to surface amidst the crisis. It was not easy for Mrs. Sajana Gurung to leave her husband Bal back in Nepal and to fly to UK to be with her children, but there was no other choice. Initially, I was very worried. Unknown always makes us fearful. So watching news about China, Italy and other cases, rising cases in the UK and having to leave Baal behind was very difficult. And I was worried that if I were to catch COVID and get seriously ill, that Nepal wouldn't be able to fly over to be with the children. As an initial response to the pandemic, the forces' families were repatriated back to the UK from Nepal and put in Lark Hill. It was not an ideal situation for them, but every cloud has a silver lining. And the silver lining in this instance was the immense support and care provided by the welfare team. We've been looked after very well here in Lark Hill by the rogue team. We moved into a house that has all the basic appliances, and utensils, everything that you need for a basic living and the rogue team has um, provided us transportation for shopping, medical appointments. They've been just a phone call away for our, any queries or any other help that we need so we have been looked after very well. Because of that the living itself has been easier than we had you know expected. COVID-19 has impacted all of us in one way or the other. We just need to stay hopeful and positive to beat this common enemy of humankind.
5: And finally to Nepal, a country that has had its fair share of natural disasters and calamities. Floods, landslides, earthquakes to political upheavals come and go. Although the country's corona cases are rapidly going up, people here are taking life as it comes with their usual resilience. I managed to talk to the in-charge of Gurkha Veterans Care Home in Pokhara to see how they were doing. Here is a golden oldie from a group of retired veterans from beautiful Pokhara Valley. This is a popular wartime song among the Gurkhas from the time of British-Indian era till now. The singers are some 20 veterans and widows being looked after at the residential home in Pokhara, Nepal. I caught up with Mr. Purnabhadurana in charge of this residential home to see how these elderly residents were doing during this pandemic. It is our responsibility to care for 20 very senior veterans and widows sheltered here. We give them every care possible with round the clock medical support. In order to protect the senior citizens from the infection, all the staff are confined to this place for the last four months. The residents have their daily routine to uplift their spiritual and physical well-being to various activities and entertainment. Singing and dancing are one of their favourite pastimes.
7: This is BFBS Team Talk. Team Talk. The Forces Station. Our
3: presenter and station manager for Nepal, Binod Kadkar, joins us now. Namaste, Binod. It's lovely to speak to you. Namaste, Charlie. That piece has reflected Gurkha families across the world. We've visited Brunei, where the cases relatively are smaller or non existent at the moment. They seem to be fairly COVID free. Obviously, in the UK, the figures are going up quite rapidly. And in Nepal, that's the case as well.
5: Uh, As far as the numbers are concerned, the total corona infection recorded as of today is 136,036 cases. Those figures seem quite high. Do you think they're fairly accurate with the fact that it's so remote there? That's a very, very good question, uh, Charlie. The terrain of the country is very, very hilly and mountainous, as you know. It is also hard for the medical teams and the test kit to be made available to all the corners of the country as the terrain is so difficult. The country has limited resources to conduct tests in a large and community scale. We can also say that the government's educational initiatives and the public awareness programmes seem to be lacking to some extent.
3: Those are really great insights. Thanks, Binod. Sending good vibes to you and our Gurkha friends in Nepal and around the world.
5: Thank you, Charlie. Thank you very much for connecting me all the way from Falkland Islands. Stay safe and stay connected.
7: This is BFBS Team Talk. The Forces Station.
2: Thanks again to BFBS Gurkha Radio. It's been a cadca for that amazing listen. What a voice he has. With that music, I felt transported to Nepal. Great stuff. It's time for your weekly dose now of feel-good medicine. We like to call them lockdown victories. A reminder that good things can come out of challenging times. Now, most of us will spend an occasional night on an uncomfy airbed or freezing in a tent. But one cadet has taken it to the next level by building himself a Second World War Anderson shelter in the back garden. Totally bonkers, but it's all for a good cause. Cadet Hall has raised over £4,000 for charity. Team Talk reporter Adam Powney has more.
8: Hi, I'm Cadet Hall from Bovington Detachment, and I've been sleeping in my Anderson shelter for the last four months for the Dorset and Somerset Air Ambulance.
0: That's Ben Hall. He's a young lad with an inspiring mind who's gone above and beyond during lockdown. Now, I've been joined by him and his mum, Shelley, and I want to take a step back first of all. Ben, how was lockdown? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to
8: be. So I thought it was going to be a lot worse.
0: What was it like not doing cadets for quite a while?
8: Yeah, it was quite difficult. Having to like stop doing everything all of a sudden, so after a while they started doing virtual training with Zoom chats and things like that. So we kind of got back into doing it.
0: Can you tell me about the building of this World War Two Anderson shelter?
8: Um, yeah, so we run a video chat to a tour guide out in Belgium who does reenacting and tours for youth groups. We got talking about building a trench system in the garden, but Mum didn't want to do that. So he mentioned an Anderson shelter and we didn't think it was going to be too difficult to build so he started digging the hole and building it from there.
0: You're in lockdown, you're kind of isolated with, with your family and your dog and then you decide to isolate yourself even further and sleep in this shelter. What made you want to do that?
8: Well, I I wanted to sleep a night in there anyway, so I kind of just had my roll mat and a sleeping bag to start off with. And then Durdle Door happened where the people were jumping off of the arch and they got quite badly hurt. The air ambulance was called in. And then I thought, oh, well... I might as well sleep in here until I go back to school and raise some money.
0: Shelley, I'd love to bring you in on this.
3: Yeah, I didn't think he would do it. It's quite strange, sort of like being in the bathroom and he's shouting out "Good night" from the garden. It's like <laughs> a bit like the Waltons. Um, so the, for the first week or so, I check on him before I go to work, and I just left him there. and Need to stay there till lunchtime. No, he absolutely loved it.
8: I've got my helmet and a poster, my fold-down table, and then my box with a gas cooker in it.
0: We saw loads of people doing fundraising, you know, Captain Tom raising millions, but how did it feel having your son do his own little fundraiser and be part of that movement?
3: Ben's a very unique little boy. I would say little boy, five foot ten. (laughs) I wouldn't say he was a typical teenager. He's he's certainly born in the wrong era. He's just selfless. Set his heart and he said I'm going to stay in here. And I sort of said, you know, that's months away. And he went, well so be
0: it. It really is inspiring and Ben you have such a wise head on you. One final word from you just to round this off. What was your takeaway from this incredibly unique experience? The
8: the fact that everyone today complains about everything but you actually have it quite easy.
7: The Forces Station.
3: A massive shout out to you, Cadet Hall, for raising over four grand for charity. Although it's safe to say I'd rather you than me doing those nights in the garden.
2: Moving on now from one amazing young person to another, let's have some family time this week with 17 year old Megan.
9: Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining us today for some more family time. I'm Louise, the founder of the charity Little Troopers, which supports children with one or both parents serving in the British Armed Forces. Today, we are so excited to be speaking to Megan, who is a 17-year-old military child and learning all about her pandemic experience. Obviously, we can't get together in person, so she's in Swansea, I'm in Dorset, and Charlie now joins us from the Falkland
3: Islands. Megan, it's lovely to meet you, although being virtually... Obviously, Louise has mentioned that you are part of a military family. You've always been part of a military family, haven't you?
10: Yes. Yeah, I was born into this mad world of military life. The first memory I have of being a brat or being in the military life is RAF Akwateri, which is just an absolutely amazing place. Um, I remember going to RAF Brise and getting to this massive house in this boiling country. Uh, go, it, was the first, it was my first time on a camp. So my dad showing all these passes to get in and it was a whirlwind and since then that's where I've been living in, really.
3: Did you embrace it? Did you love it?
10: I loved it. I always say if I could go back right now with a click of my fingers, I absolutely would. It was a real sense of community that I never felt, I've never felt in civilian schools. And that is so important.
9: Obviously, Little Troopers is all about recognising military children. We always say sometimes it's so important to be surrounded by others who are going through a similar experience because that can bring so much strength and comfort, yeah. can't it? Because, you know, you feel not isolated, like you're not the only one going through this unique experience. That's the
10: great thing about the military community. Yeah. Everybody is in it together. Yeah, since then, I've been in civilian schools and living in a civilian places while my dad's been away and i found it 150 times harder than when i was in camp with military kids
3: you've moved quite a lot with with dad being away as well He he's currently away at the moment and he might not make it back for birthdays and christmas this year has he been away during lockdown as well
10: yes he has he left in march so just as uh lockdown kicked off he's been gone which um Obviously, like you said, we can now FaceTime him and stuff uh, due to, like, technology. But, um, yeah, he's not going to be able to come back from my 18th this year or Christmas. And really, we don't know how long lockdown's going to last. We don't really know when he's going to be able to come back or when we're going to be able to visit him either. That is a
9: really long time that he is away from home. And obviously, this global pandemic has been such a unique and challenging experience for everybody But to couple that with the challenges of military life and being separated from your dad, like that must have been really difficult. What did you do through lockdown to remain as positive as you could? Um,
10: Well, I created a podcast um, for (laughs) for military brats. Oh, wow. So there has been some real positives to come out
9: of this lockdown for you. It sounds like it's been really, really productive. Yeah. Tell us more about this podcast, about the military child experience.
10: So it's in the same respects that I suppose you created Little Troopers, um, that generally I think maybe military um, children, I feel that maybe we don't get a chance to talk about our experiences as much as, say, military spouses. And I think um, it's just as hard on us and... I think it's it's probably even more scary when you're growing up and you're unaware of what's going on around you. So I just wanted to um, create a space or a platform where I could talk to people with similar experiences or different experiences from me about the trials and tribulations that we've experienced. And yeah, it's called Generation Military.
3: So tell us about Generation Military. Who have you been speaking to and what topics have you been talking about?
10: I mostly ask them what being a a military child means to them. For example, my brother, he doesn't like the term being called a military child. He says, I just want to be called a child. Where personally, I would tattoo on my head if I could, because I'm like so proud of it. And um, like I even wanted to serve. So I just want to get the balance of different people's opinions about the topic
3: so you mentioned you want to serve now and due to a number of reasons that's now not going to happen but you've refocused yourself during lockdown you've got yourself a job you now want to aspire to go to America and maybe
10: uh, hit the big screen maybe yeah yeah is that right uh, yeah so in lockdown as well as creating the podcast I've been quite busy um I've also written a short film um which is getting produced um, so if you want to, if you want a space in that challenge, hit me up, okay? Okay. Um, I'm in. Sign me up. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good. And um, yeah, so I've written a, a short film that we're gonna put in the uh, set into film festivals next year. Of course, it has a tiny hint of military life in it because I couldn't resist. But it is an LGBT film, but I had to add a little bit of uh, military in there. It is quite
3: a difference an RAF career. To going to acting, I mean, do you think nothing's going to stop you? You seem really quite ambitious. No matter what path you're going to go down.
10: To be honest, this is—it's going to sound really ridiculous. I am a civilian, really, but I don't want to be. I don't want to live in Civvy Street. Um, that's why, like, I, like BFBs. If you want me, call me. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll be an actor in a camp if that's ever a possibility. Because if it is, sign me up.
3: Or a radio presenter, I'll have a, I'll have a word with the bosses.
10: I think you really
9: could achieve anything, Megan. You've proved that through lockdown by being so positive. So, listen, as we draw to a close now, what would be your one tip for another military young person for surviving a global pandemic?
10: Keep a smile on your face. Um, I think we we know that it, it it obviously it couldn't be worse for us. The world is in a horrible place, but. I know that my dad, for example, is safe for now. So I just say, keep a smile on your face. We will get through this. We always do.
3: So as a potential budding DJ, I'm going to put some pressure on you now. Oh, OK. If there was one song that would sum up your military life and particularly lockdown
10: for you, what is there a song that's got you through lockdown? Home Thoughts From Abroad. The one from Military Wives, which I just watched in lockdown. It's the song they sing at the end where about their partners being deployed. uh, I cry when I listen to it Songs that mean so
9: much Megan you have been absolutely amazing thank you so much for being on family time it's been amazing to hear how connected you are to the military community you are an amazing child doing amazing things
2: Starry-eyed Megan there and her beautiful song choice from the Military Wives film.
3: Megan always thought that she would join the REF like her dad, but now she's considering a career in the media, set to steal our jobs by the sounds of it. For this week's In The Know, Jill chatted to Jenna Richardson, the Employment and Training Specialist for the Army Families Federation.
7: Team Talk.
4: BFBS.
7: The Forces Station. I think so many people are very lucky in that they they already know what they want to do. The people that want to go into the forces is the the big one. You know, from a young age, they want to know they want to be a soldier. They want to be a sailor or, you know, want to fly planes. A lot of um, families do have the, you know, granddad was in the military. Mum was in the military. Dad was in the military and the uh, military lifestyle um, almost shields a lot of uh, children from possibilities outside of the uh, th- that military environment. Before working for AF, Jenna used to be a
2: teacher, which involved supporting her students with their aspirations for life beyond secondary school.
7: You know, going from studying so many GCSEs or whatever qualification they're doing, to them being asked what you want to do for the rest of your life, they have no idea. And I think a lot of emphasis is put on, you know, this is what you'll be doing for the rest of your life. And, you know, in reality, that's not necessarily the case. When I as a student we all did work experience as part of you know our curriculum but that's not necessarily the case now not every school has the capacity to offer that so it is something that sometimes students do need to reach out themselves and see what opportunities there are it helps to make that decision as to what what it is you want to do
2: there are several initiatives set up to support young people from military families the royal british legion's life program can offer a vocational assessment
7: you can sit down with somebody who is qualified to go through like i say your skills, your interests to try and establish what sort of thing would be suitable for you or what you would be more suited to. They also have careers coaches that can work with young people on developing things like CV skills, interview skills. They've all been within the military community themselves so they know how difficult it can be to reach outside of it. Um, There's other organisations that can help so um, the RFEA Families Programme um, if your young person isn't so much interested necessarily in um, maybe further education, they might be able to direct them to on-the-job training opportunities. Um, we've also got um, Forces Families Jobs, which has a whole training section on it. So you know, sometimes I might direct a parent to have a look at that um, on behalf of you know their their young young adult um, to see if there's anything on there that might be of interest. There are so many career options that people don't even think about. For a lot of young people, they they just, they genuinely haven't got a clue. The Forces Station.
3: Jenna Richardson there, AFF's Employment and Training Specialist, with some practical tips for young people planning their next steps after school.
2: Now, just before we finish, we've got a real treat for you. Let's go back to December 2019, and a highlight of lots of people's festive period was the Gavin and Stacey Christmas Special, when the country came together in disliking Smithy's new girlfriend. In real life, actress Laura Aikman is much nicer. Here she is chatting to Teen Talk reporter Chris Key.
11: I had to keep myself very busy. I don't do well with um, twiddling my thumbs. I was really making the most of that hour exercise a day, maybe pushing it a little bit.
4: You've been in so many amazing things and I'm sure you've got so much more lined up as well. But because of Covid, because of lockdown, were there any projects that just had to stop?
10: Yeah, sadly,
11: me and Matt Horn, who plays Gavin and Gavin and Stacey, were going to be doing a play and obviously no theatres are open. So that mm. got yanked. And, you know, who knows if we'll ever get to do it now. We need these distractions. And mm. I think even telly can be really important to people. Get lost in someone else's story while mm. things can be so bleak uh, at home.
4: Talking about distractions, for us, we had a new baby to look after during lockdown, so we didn't really have too much time to think about other things. We were quite busy. For you... What did you find yourself doing most of the time?
11: Cleaning, working, gardening, doing a bit of writing, swearing a lot. And we did a lot of those bloody Zoom quizzes. And actually, we were so lucky because we've got a lot of friends that live in the local area and they got more and more elaborate as the time went on. Like people started dropping over wine for wine tasting quizzes and, you know, sort of tasters and just like the weirdest things. It all got very elaborate towards the
4: end. So hopefully it doesn't, but if lockdown happens again and Boris announces that it's going to be for six months solid this time, and for those six months, you can only have one person with you, only one, dead, alive, friend or someone you've never met before, who would you pick and why?
7: See, I
11: feel like people are going to give really elaborate, fun answers of like amazingly impressive people, but I just don't want to gamble on that. They might be a right plonker and then you've got six months with them. I can't deal with that. So it's just got to be my husband. I'm sticking with what I know.
4: (laughs) Always safe.
11: Real risk taker.
4: (laughs) Let's move away from lockdown because it's not the greatest subject, is it? Let's talk about something more cheerful, something that is massive in the military community and something I'm a really big fan of myself as well. I'm talking blue Stone 4-2. Now with this being all about the military, what was your reaction when you first got asked to do it?
11: Oh, I was desperate to do it. I'd auditioned for the part of the priest um, played by Kelly Adams in the first series, but I'd been doing this thing with um, Keith Lemon. We used to do like a fake reality show together at the time and we were just trying to get it off the ground and I was going to the NTAs on the day of the audition with Keith, in character. And so I'd been like spray tan to the max. I had hair extensions in. I looked completely ludicrous, but I was like, I really still want to go to the audition. So I went to the audition and obviously didn't get the job. And I thought, oh, that's gone. They're never going to ask me back. And then luckily, one or two years later, I was doing Waterloo Road and I got a request to do a little tape audition for the part I ended up playing. And I was pleased actually in the end because it was a real different character for me and the character I ended up playing was she's like really posh and really eccentric and absolutely nuts. And it was such a unique experience because we got to do training for it and actually meet people that were Ato's. And I had an incredible advisor. It was just phenomenal.
4: I've met so many captains and honestly, you play the part so well.
11: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, she was a bit of a nerd, but um, I liked her.
4: <laughs> you mentioned earlier that it was something you really wanted to do. And by the sounds of it, you had an incredible time. But why was that? Why was it so good?
11: Well, one it was so funny it was so brilliant and i think finding humor in the darkest situations is just the best thing ever and then also when we were doing it we did find so many parallels ali dre who was my advisor who was a female ato she said, you know, one thing that she thought she would miss so much if she wasn't in the army was like this sense of camaraderie and, Mm. you know, being away with this bunch of people and having this unique experience. And then by the end of it, she kind of said, well, actually, it's funny because you guys have a really similar thing. You know, actors are quite nomadic. We have to leave our families and Mm. go and do these jobs in different places. And, you know, a lot of the time it's just Bolton, not South Africa. (laughs) But you still have this kind of forced friendship and shared experience and there are some parallels that you can draw to that in a way that you have to put down your life and pick up a kind of new existence every so often
7: bfbs
5: the forces station
7: this is team talk
11: that's all we've
3: got time for today and what a jam-packed show it's been We've loved hearing from the team at BFBS Gurkha Radio, Cadet Hall, Starry-Eyed Megan, the Army Families Federation
2: and, of course, the lovely Laura Aikman. For more of the same, find us at the same time and place next week or catch up whenever you want at bfbs.com forward slash podcasts. Team Talk is produced by TVI Media
3: with support from the Armed Forces Covenant Fund
2: Trust. Until next time, take care. Bye. Goodbye.